1: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you get machinery, you try to find people who want to buy that specific make and model. You just don't advertise it out there and hope somebody wants it. That would be a risk, and we like to take as much risk off the table as we can by finding people who are looking for that type of machine right now.
2: This is Trevor Williams, and welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast, the show for anyone curious about where their food comes from. When you hear auctions, you might think small town auctions, charity auctions, or even the nationally televised car auction, Barrett-Jackson. The agriculture industry has its share of auctioning resources where farmers can buy or sell farm equipment at auctions held across the nation. Our guest today is Mark Stock, who along with his brother Ron, co-founded Big Iron Auctions, which focuses on large equipment auctions and offers both weekly on-site and online auctions. Mark will explain the journey he and his brother took from growing up on a farm to becoming successful entrepreneurs and how their auctions take advantage of the internet to bring potential buyers equipment from all over the country. Mark will also explain the advice he gives to farmers on making additional income, like leasing hunting land on farms, and how to get the best deal at an auction. And of course, Mark will give us a taste of that famous auctioneer voice. This is episode 46 of the Farm Traveler podcast with Mark Stock of Big Iron Auctions. Well, welcome to the Farm Traveler podcast. Mark Stock, how are you doing?
1: You know, I am doing fantastic. You know, it's a a great time of year. Everybody's getting anxious about, you know, the new uh, growing season. If you're in the farmers, we've got a lot of ranchers that are calving here with their cattle operations right now. So it's it's always a fun time of year.
2: I like it. That's a very good point. So I'm excited to have you on. We haven't talked with an auctioneer or anybody that deals with like um, land auctions or farm equipment auctions. So this is gonna be really cool. Um, so you started big iron auctions. So before we get into that, tell us about your background and then what kind of started you or what kind of motivated you to start big iron auctions?
1: Well, you know, uh, my brother and I, we got in the auction business in 1984, uh, coming right out of high school. Of course, you come out of the early part of the eighties and that was a pretty tough time for agriculture and we're living in uh, rural America and, uh, My dad was a farmer, but he said, you know, guys, you're going to have to find out something, figure out something to do because there ain't enough money here to support three families uh, coming through the 80s with high interest rates and a lot of farmer bankruptcies and stuff like that. So my brother went to auction school and um, come on back and we started doing salt and pepper shaker sales, we call them, you know, little household auctions and started getting our name out. Then we finally got some breaks with some folks who were retiring that had a lot of faith and trust in us so we started doing some farm machinery sales and it kind of grew from there in uh, 1999 we heard about the internet and it was a real slow process when you had the dial up thing at your you're you know you're living out in the farm out in the country rural america where you took 10 minutes just to get that dial tone to stop squealing but uh we had a friend of mine that said maybe you guys should look into broadcasting these auctions in real time over the internet so i Worked with a company to put together some software, and in uh, 2001, we broadcasted the first on-site over the internet in real-time uh, auction. And uh, we started developing and moving forward from there. In 2008, ethanol came into play, so farmers started making more money than they ever had before. But you know, in 2005, six, and seven, we were doing right at three and a half to four auctions a week during these peak uh, sales from November all the way to the end of April. But 2008 hit where corn went from $2 a bushel to $3.60 a bushel and a lot of farmers said, hey, I'm not gonna retire, I'm gonna farm some, some more. And our, our auctions went from them three and a half auctions a week down to three and a half auctions a month. Um, and the only ones we were selling then were the folks that had the health issues or if there was a death or something in the family. But we always had people saying, why don't you sell some equipment uh, for me on one of these farmer sales? Or when are you gonna have a quote unquote consignment sale in our area? And we were covering about six states at that time, doing auctions in six different states. And uh, we said, well, it, you know, it takes quite a bit of machinery to have a successful sale because of all the marketing that's involved. You know, Our theory has always been when you get machinery, you try to find people who want to buy that specific make and model. You just don't advertise it out there and hope somebody wants it. That would be a risk, and we like to take as much risk off the table as we can by finding people who are looking for that type of machine right now. But uh, you know, we said, you know, why don't we just try to do some timed online only sales? And in February 9th, I believe it was of two thousand nine. We had our first online auction, a timed online auction, where bigiron.com was formed. We had 21 items and 890 people registered to bid on that sale. So we went, wow, you know, for 21 items to get that kind of response was kind of interesting and it took off from there. We did another sale a month later and three months later we started doing two auctions a month and then three months later we started doing every week and it's just been growing ever since from there. But, you know, we we built a site with the same uh, process that we do with our traditional auction business. We always publish the owner's name. It's all about transparency. It's always absolute. And um, absolute means everything sells with no reserve. And those are just the the platforms that we said we're gonna stick with our online platform on the big iron side. We were stock auction company before that, stock realty and auction company. And uh, we just chose Big Iron because if you could spell big and you could spell iron, you could get on that site. We thought it'd be kind of easy. And um, that's, that's how the Big Iron Auction uh, started. Now we're starting into our 11th year.
2: Well, that's a really cool story. Well, congratulations on 11 good years. That's really neat. Um, so when it comes to your customers, would you find that people that are trying to auction to buy this auction equipment Are they like experienced farmers? Are they looking for just good deals or are they maybe beginning farmers? They're looking for cheap equipment to get started. What's the demographics there?
1: Uh, All of the above. Okay, Uh, cool. The the thing about an auction right now is we have been working really hard to change the perception of what an auction has been perceived to be back, you know, 30 years ago where it was a last resort. Uh, You know, everybody was desperate. So fire sale, that's where they had the terminology fire sale. Uh, a lot of there was there was implement dealers on every corner um, in every small town. Now those little short line dealers and some of them dealers have all merged with bigger dealers. So uh, you know, the auction industry has all changed dramatically. But in terms of the people that are buying on our site, uh, it's everybody. Uh, if, If you're looking for a specific piece of machinery, you can price it on a implement dealer's yard or you can watch it sell on our no reserve auctions and our platform is very unique because we always publish the owner's name and we always publish their phone number and we have so many pictures and if it's got a motor on it there's got to be a video and those are the things that the buyers really like that's why all of the above come back to our site Uh, it's a very transparent Uh, opportunity for them to call up that seller if they have specific questions call up that owner ask them uh, what they like about whatever it is they're selling what they didn't like about it it can go as in as much as uh, saying how long have you owned it and why are you selling it so you know farmer mentality is uh, we just want to know we just want to deal with other people that are in the same uh, situation that we're into and if you want a new type of a tillage tool and somebody's used it and you say, well, how did it work for you? And why are you selling it? Because if it's only three years old, why are you selling it? They just want to have those questions answered. And once you get somebody confident, especially specifically a buyer, whether they're a young farmer starting out new in the business, whether they're a seasoned veteran, uh, uh, once, once you get them comfortable with the process, you know, then, then they become an active participant in that process. And, that's what we try to accomplish here with the Big Iron online auction platform.
2: I, I had to look it up because I forgot the name of it. So you guys are basically the Barrett Jackson of equipment, right? Because that's the famous car auction show on TV. So you guys are like the Barrett Jackson equivalent with farm equipment.
1: You know, that's quite a compliment. So thank <laughs> you. We'll, we'll take it.
2: <laughs> hey, well, there you go. There you go. So I had some, some listeners tell me some questions that they would like to ask you guys. And they were asking, um, so what's the best time to sell different pieces of equipment for the greatest profit? So is there a different season that you should sell your stuff or is it just basically whenever? So what's the best time to sell different pieces of equipment for the greatest profit?
1: You know, that is a great question. And 20 years ago, the best time to sell would have been from November until the middle of March because, uh, you know, farmers were busy uh, once you got into the first of April in a lot of parts of the country, especially down south, uh, you know, they've already had their crop planted and they're already, they're growing their, uh, uh, in, their, in the peak of the growing season. You get towards the mid middle part of the United States, people start planting in the middle of April. Up in the northern parts, you know, they start planting in May. So, but in the Midwest, where most of our auctions were conducted at that time, The best time to sell would have been November, December, January, February, March. Now, because of the internet and because of everybody having a smartphone or a mobile device on them at all times, they can participate in auctions when they're sitting in line at an elevator unloading their grain. They can participate in an auction when they're sitting uh, doing their taxes at their taxman's office. Uh, they can participate in an auction when they're having their teeth fixed because all they have to do is have that app, the big iron auction app on their smartphone or their mobile device, and people can participate. So it's mobile now, whereas 20 years ago, you had to send somebody. You had to physically be there to listen to the auctioneer. You had to put your hand up or wink or do some form of a, uh, you know bidding to get that auctioneer or ring person's attention. Now all you have to do is use your thumb or whatever finger you wanna push the bid button with. So a lot of people like to sell stuff throughout the year when it's more specific to that growing cycle in that space. But now the folks that are planting in Texas right now, uh, when they're done planting with their planters, they'll wanna sell them. And the people in the Midwest and the Northern part of the country will be buying those planters. They'll get them on trucks and they'll road them up north. And uh, cause freight, the average piece of machinery selling on Big Iron right now travels over 300 miles. Uh, so it moves, this equipment moves. And conversely, so when the planters are done in the Northern part, a lot of people sell those planters because in other parts of the country, they're, they're looking for their planter to be used uh, the next spring when it starts all over. So people like to do seasonal selling. When we do a retirement sale, some people, based on their specific needs, will, might just want to have it all in one day and sell all of the machinery the way the traditional used to do it. But some people like to get a few pieces ready and sell them like their, their uh, sprayers and their spring tillage equipment they'll be selling now And then they'll sell their planters, depending on when planting season starts, a month before planting season. They'll sell any hay equipment a month before hay season starts. Uh, They'll sell their combines, you know, a month in their corn heads, a month before the harvest season starts. Tractors sell great year-round. It doesn't matter when you sell a tractor. It doesn't matter when you sell a pickup. It doesn't really matter when you sell a semi-truck tractor, if it's used in the ag business. Uh, because there's always people that have grain to move, livestock to move, hay to move. So those things sell year-round just fine and dandy. So to answer your question, it has changed dramatically from what it was and what it is perceived to be um, you know, 20 years ago to where it is now. Now, anytime you want to sell something, just pick up the phone and call us, and we'll get it put on a sale for you, and uh, you're going to have some real good results.
2: Yeah, it sounds like it has changed. That's so cool. Thanks to the, inter- the internet. Anybody can kind of bid on auctions whenever and wherever they are. Uh, kind of going off of that, when it comes to looking for a deal, what, what are some tricks and tips you have for like getting a good deal and signs for looking in other bidders like that way you can beat them out? So what's that whole process? Like I'm sure it gets like sometimes kind of heated and sometimes really cool. Like, so what's the best way to get a good deal and to beat out other bidders at the same time?
1: Well, there's tremendous competition. Uh, we live in a very competitive environment here uh, because of all the sporting events and all the college sports. You know, uh, growing up, uh, everything is competitive, and the auction industry is exactly the same thing. Uh, we have an extension on our bidding platform, so if a bid is received when there's five minutes left, it automatically starts that clock over at five minutes to getting uh, to give the, any co-bidders a chance to respond. But there's all types of different bidding strategies. Uh, Some people don't like to bid until there's only a minute left and they haven't bid at all. Some people, they might have three or four items that are on that one sale and uh, they wanna see how high that's gonna go because if it brings too much money, they'll start bidding on other items. So they wanna be an active participant real early on. But in terms of getting a good deal, the best thing you can do is contact your seller Ask questions because if you buy a quality piece on an auction, uh, that's probably a pretty good deal because you know you had competition that was helping establish that price. Um, versus if you go into an implement dealership, you know they're just telling you what they want and where that price come from. You know, come from out of a book somewhere. But um, on an auction, there's several other people bidding on it, so you know that there's a value or a demand for that piece of machinery. Uh, so my best strategy. tell anybody is if you really want it just get right after it keep bidding and remember competition is good
2: competition your competition is good that's very true um so when it comes to the equipment um, do you find that all the equipment's like generally like five to ten years old or it's super old or it's kind of new what's the the quality of most of the equipment that you find going through the auctions
1: That is a great question. The equipment that we sell on our site is all over the page from, we just sold the 2019 combine, I believe it was, brought $355,000. We, and we sell old combines that are 55 and 60 years old. And most of these people like to buy to restore and drive in parades or put in their, you know, collection or their museum. So it's everything that you can possibly imagine. Uh, In addition to the big machinery, the combines and the tractors and the planters and those items, we also sell quite a bit of uh, feedlot equipment because, you know, the farmers and ranchers need the feed wagons and they need the bale processors. They also need to buy feed bunks and they need to buy shop equipment. They need to buy welders and torches because most farmers' shops uh, and most farmers are some of the best engineers and fixers you can imagine and uh, items like that are sold on uh, on our website all the time so there's a there's a wide variety of equipment uh, that is sold on the big iron platform and it's in all types of condition some of the condition says right on it that you know uses a lot of oil this is a rebuilder uh, that's why we publish the seller's name and number for people to call and say hey tell me about it does it use oil does it does it have any bearings bad? Just, uh, you know, ask those questions and, and they'll tell you. So it's all over the page in terms of the condition, the year, the make, the model, uh, the quality. It's, it's all over the page.
2: So I'm always just amazed at the price of farm equipment. Like you were saying that that, um, that used combine was $350,000. And I love sports cars, but people complain that they're too much. Like, you know, an Aston Martin's like $120,000. Well, a combine is $350,000, which is crazy. Going off of that, what would you say is the most expensive thing that's kind of that's gone through your auction?
1: Well, right now it is the harvesting equipment. You know, brand new combines. If you buy them brand new, they're they're close to five hundred thousand, depending on the make and the model. Cornheads are 130 dollars dollars for a sixteen row a folding cornhead. We've sold several of those on our website for you know those ninety to hundred and ten thousand dollar ranges. Uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of tractors, four wheel drive tractors bring three, $400,000, um, you know, and they're, they're off the new price. So new gets high and, and that, um, that maintains or holds the value of the good use equipment. So the, you know, some of the most expensive stuff right now is anything that's a year older or newer than a year older. So, and, and we sell those items all the time. Sometimes there's unfortunately a, you know, a farmer that bought some equipment, maybe they got some bad news in a health situation. Um, maybe they missed out on some marketing opportunity and got levered the wrong way and they need to sell it. Um, you know, those situations out there happen. And, you know, that's what we do in the auction business. We're, we try to work with those folks. We're very um, uh, empathetic to their situation. I'm a farmer. My brother's a farmer. In fact, most of the salespeople in our organization, they're all farmers too. So when they get done listing your equipment, putting the pictures on the website, they go home to, you know, start their irrigation systems or, or uh, tend to their crops that are growing or put their hay up. That's what makes us unique. Uh, we walk the walk and we talk the talk because we live it. And we use the auction platform as a way to help people who want to get um, their equipment sold to other people who are in our industry and they support each other that's that's what we try to do at the Big Arm website. So going
2: off of like a serious note, I know that there, there are a lot of farms going under now like dairy farms and because the price of dairy is just not sustainable for those farmers to stay in business so what do you guys do like how do you guys help the farmers whenever a farm goes under like what's the best way for them to sell off their equipment? so what are your thoughts there?
1: Well, you know we, we work with them we they're in a tough situation and the most important thing that we try to emphasize to these farmers that had, that have had, you know, a bad turn, is it'll it'll all work out in the end, you know. I'm an advocate to talk to some of these people that think it's, you know, it's really it's a really bad thing. That's it's it's an embarrassment to their family, and you know we have you know farmer suicides, and we we try to say this it's nothing is that bad. Nothing in life is that bad. To, to the folks that have had tough financial times and they've worked through it. A year later, when we go back and we see them and they go, you know, thank you very much for, you know, talking me off the ledge, so to speak, because there are things that you can do in agriculture. There are ways of getting restructured and getting back into the shape of things without taking on that burden uh, all to yourself, thinking that you did something wrong. You know, the, the way the dairy operators, operations had, they've had a really, really tough 24 months. And it was beyond their control. It was outside of their control. Uh, the 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 mark the market just changed on them, and they got caught up into that. And the only thing you can do is work your way through it. And it, it happens to every industry. It happens to every, um, every ag sector sometime uh, in your lifetime. So, but we work with those people. We work with their lenders. We try to be the bridge there because a lot of times the the lenders are also stuck in that situation. A lender doesn't want to have to go tell somebody that, hey, you gotta sell this because we're not gonna give you operating money anymore. They hate that conversation. Uh, but they also know that they gotta work through this because it's not gonna get, get any better short term. Long term is, let's sell it, let's clean it all up, let's move forward. And uh, you know we deal with those situations every week, all the time. It's very delicate but um, you know, we've been doing it for a long time. So if anybody has questions or comments about that, we encourage them to get a hold of us and we'll try to help them through it.
2: Yeah, I can imagine it is very delicate. Well, that's cool, they all kind of assist them and help them out through that. Um, So what are some other ways that farmers can profit from their land and how can they plan for from retirement? Like, can they sell off part of their land or can they have like share crops? What, What are some viewpoints you have on how they can make a profit from their land as well as kind of auctioning off their equipment?
1: Well, you know, a farmer works their whole life to get that farm or their farms paid for because that's their 401k retirement program. They um, when they get that farm you know paid off, and when they hit that retirement age, they can rent that ground out. And there's always a handful of people that are looking to expand their operations and rent additional acres. Uh, in some states, real estate taxes and property taxes have gone through the roof, and agriculture's really taken a big hit on that. But we have seen a lot of uh, people call us up and we've We've done some beta testing with doing some online hunting lease auctions because hunting is a big, big part of, um, uh, of rural America. People like to go out in the country and they like to sit in the tree stands and somewhere where they got a stream or a pond and a you know, good wooded area. They like to shoot the turkey. They like to use their bow and arrow to get themselves a deer. And there's a lot of agricultural spaces that have the perfect place a quarter mile off a good road where somebody that enjoys hunting can go out there and rent that and spend their quality time hunting. So we have been doing some of those beta testing. We have got quite a few people that have contacted us already about uh, having some lease auctions. So you'll see more of that information coming up on our website here over the next couple months. But we help with our real estate division with bigironrealty.com. We help people that inherit ground, uh, when their family passes, you know, when their parents pass away, the family inherits the ground, we help them sell that land all the time. Cause sometimes they've been away from agriculture too long and they're a little bit too detached. And, uh, you know, they, maybe they're already in their fifties or sixties. And if something happens to them, then they would have to, uh, have one of their siblings be a partner with their children. So now nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles would be landowners together. So sometimes the best thing they can do is turn around and sell it Uh, if somebody doesn't want to buy out the other family members' uh, interest. And then we have some of those family members that actually still want to own some ground so they can pass it on to their children. Well, through that 1031, you know, tax deferred exchange program, uh, they can do that also. So we work with a lot of people in selling land. We work with a lot of people and help manage their farmland and find them tenants if they're detached from being off the farm for a great many number of years. So we have a whole team of farm managers within our organization. And uh, that's a, that's a whole business all in itself, folks, but you know, we're farmers, so we, we can talk the talk and walk the walk and help help not only the tenant and help that landowner establish a a reasonable market rate that works for everybody because the tenant's got to make a little bit of money. Otherwise it don't work in the, and the, and the landowners got to get an investment off the value of the return of that real estate or else they'll, they'll sell it and they'll put their money somewhere else. So we got to balance that. Uh, and uh, we, do, we do that all the time.
2: I love the idea of having some additional hunting land on a farm. Like I, th- I think that's really cool. And, and something that probably I'm here in North Florida and there's probably a lot of people here in North Florida and South Alabama that, that do that too. That's really neat. Um, yeah. all right. So I got to ask you, I absolutely have to ask you this. Do you have an auctioning voice? Like, do you have experience doing the whole top fast thing? Like, do you have experience doing that?
1: All oh, right. there. What do you get from it there? 25, <laughs> 30, 30, 30 40, 40, 40, 50 pound dollar. Here we go. Yeah. I've been doing it all my life.
2: <laughs> That's so cool. So is that something I'll learn in auctioning school?
1: Yeah. Well, I was self-trained for the first few years of my life, but um, some of the States now require, uh, auctioneers, even to have an online auction platform. And uh, so, you know, we have to stay current with all this different states' rules and regulations. But yeah, I, I was a self trained auctioneer just because ever since I was a little boy, I'd go with my dad to auctions and I would always try to practice and imitate that auctioneer. And my brother <laughs> back in the early 80s went to auction school. And um, so now, believe it or not, I spend most of my time doing benefit auctions. Uh, because the online auction platform, when people ask me, hey, would you still do a traditional sale for us? And I always say, you know what? We expose it to so many more people online than you can doing an open outcry sale. And because of the ease and convenience of the people that can bid on it right now, and they can see exactly when that item is scheduled to close versus even uh, even a broadcast of an auction, uh, over the internet you still have to be kind of paying attention otherwise you'll miss it anyway but with a with an online only auction it says it's closing in four hours and twenty minutes you look on your clock right now and you can tell when four hours and twenty minutes is you can set your phone to set an alarm for four hours and ten minutes now your <laughs> phone's alarming oh it brings you to your attention you can just be bidding on that app. And if you get the item, great, now you make the plans to go pick it up. If you don't get the item, you keep doing what you're doing. And that's why I tell people having an on-site auction anymore and dealing with weather, dealing with all the other things that can go wrong with the location wise, uh, it it would be tough, very tough for me to even wanna do a traditional on-site auction anymore after we have all the data that uh, supports the online uh, auction brings more buyers, more bidders, and over the long run brings them more money.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, that's really neat. Well, th- those benefit auctions sound really neat. I've been to a few of those at like some FFA um, banquets and stuff, and they're always really fun to go to. So yeah,
1: we're doing one. We're doing one for the Iowa. FFA Foundation, I believe, here in a couple of weeks. Uh, those are those are great auctions. So.
2: Oh, fun! I bet they are. I bet those are really cool. So, one question I'd like to ask all of our guests, and I think you're going to have a really cool opinion on this, and that is their thoughts on the farmer consumer relationship. So, do you think that relationship is getting better? Do you think it's getting worse? What do you think about that relationship right now in 2020?
1: You know, a lot of farmers are private people. They get up and they go tend to their livestock. They go get on their tractor. They do what they need to do. They go, they work in their shop and they get their equipment ready to go. And uh, they don't really have a lot of interaction with people who are outside of agriculture. And that's where we've lost a little bit of touch with some of these folks. I know, um, you know, my grandpa was a dairy farmer and he had 11 children. And uh, all of my aunts and uncles with the exception of one went off and moved to the big city because grandpa only had a quarter of ground and 80 acres and they couldn't support, you know, there was three, let's see, four girls and seven sons. So 11 kids. Well um, I'm 50 years old and now my cousins who we used to go back to the farm, you know, for Christmas and Thanksgiving and all those things. Well, when grandpa and grandma passed away, they sold the farm. And now we see these, uh, my cousins at a family Christmas and they've already got children who are in their 20s, uh, late 20s, and, and some in their early 30s. And and they don't have a clue with what's going on in agriculture. And we really have some interesting conversations about, you know, eggs and milk and, and beef. And, you know, they, they, they hear all the propaganda that it's put out there by the fear mongers out there on how people are mistreating their animals. And and how they're using antibiotics and all these fear languages that absolutely is misinterpreted in the worst of ways. And, you know, agriculture has been for years trying to be an advocate to uh, the farmers and ranchers for telling their stories, uh, doing things like this on your podcast and putting putting uh, information on their social media sites and pages, talking about how they take care of their, their animals and you know, like, like dairy, antibiotic-free dairy milk. It's like they test before they take the milk out of the tank, they have a little litmus paper. And if there's anything that shows up in that tank of milk in the cooler, uh, they have to scrap the whole load. They won't even take it back to the, the, to the uh, processing plant. So you can't have milk, antibiotics in it mixed in with other milk. It and a and a dairy farmer can't afford to tank a whole you know cooler full of milk. So we have to get real about what's going on in agriculture and farming is a very high technical industry. You know when you watch my kids, I'll never forget my kids were watching a Disney program when they were little and there was some show on there where this Cal had to go back to Kansas from New York to see uh, her aunt. And the next scene is they're driving a 1955 Chevy pickup through this field, cornfield with scarecrows. Uh, And they're bouncing around and the truck's making terrible noise. And this was a show that was like 10 years old. And they were basically mocking, you know, the Kansas farmers. And we, we as adults knew it was a mock but the six and seven and eight-year-old children that were watching that show, they actually believe that's what Kansas agriculture is. An old pickup truck driving down this narrow road with corn and scarecrows mounted on posts. And you get that image stuck in their head until they see a different image, they'll never know. So we have to do a better job in our industry of constantly talking about the care of our animals, the way we raise our, 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 our feed grain products, uh, the way we grow our fruits and vegetables, uh, folks, it's not a disaster out here. We're doing, we're we're raising food to feed the world, and we're doing it in an efficient manner. And it, it's not all about the profit; it's also about the process. So if you're if you're listening to this and you're going to go to go go to a grocery store, uh, don't be too concerned about the the buying the bread that doesn't say non-gmo or organic bread because the other bread that's raised the old-fashioned way there's nothing wrong with it
2: yeah i think you brought up a really good point there and that's that um you know farmers are so busy and they're kind of private i mean they're so busy they're, they're working 24 7 i follow one a couple of farmers on instagram and they're getting up 3 a.m 1 a.m just going outside to check on their cattle and a whole bunch of stuff they're so busy they can't fight the misinformation battle online. So those are all some really good yeah. points that you brought up.
1: They're not getting up at three o'clock in the morning to go beat their cattle, folks. They're getting up at three o'clock in the morning because they love them.
2: hmm Yeah. G- Got to go make because sure they, they have enough to feed, feed, water. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That mama, that mama cow that's ready to have a calf. They're checking them on them every two hours to make sure that she doesn't have any stress. They love their animals. So, folks, it's it's all about tending to our trade and farmers don't uh, don't abuse the system. They just don't do it.
2: Very good points. Very good points. Well, Mark, this has been really cool, man, learning about your auctioning business and all that, kind of how y'all got started, and how the auctions work. So if people want to learn more about Big Iron Auctions, where can they find you?
1: Well, if they can spell big and they can spell iron, they're in. Just put it all together. Bigiron.com. From there, uh, you can find out all kinds of information about our company. Uh, we've got sales reps scattered all across the United States. We're looking for additional sales teams too. So if you are in agriculture and you want to have yourself another sideline job where you like to go talk to people and you like to take pictures and you know about machinery, you know uh, you know what, uh, what to look for when you're buying a piece of equipment, but you want another secondary source of income, what happens is a lot of these people looking for a secondary source of income eventually become a full source of income. And then their farming becomes their secondary source of income. But um, we're always looking for some more reps all across the country. So if you are interested by hearing this, or if you know somebody, have them go to bigiron.com, scroll all the way to the bottom of the page. You'll see all kinds of different links uh, to different other uh, parts of our business. And even our contact us information is there. And if you've got items you would like to sell, you can click on the sell your equipment link as well, right on the, right on the bottom of our, website on bigiron.com.
2: All right, well we will definitely check out the website, Mark. This has been really cool. Thanks so much for coming on and we will talk to you soon.
1: Hey, thank you. Enjoyed talking to you.
2: That was episode 46 with Mark of Big Iron Auctions. Be sure to check them out at www.bigironauctions.com. Also, if you are new here by any chance, check us out at thefarmtraveler.com where you can see all of our really cool info about the podcast, where to check us out, and how to subscribe to the podcast. Also, you know, we're active on Instagram, farm underscore traveler. Check us out there. Wherever you are, just look for Farm Traveler and you will find us. Thanks for listening and we will see you in the next episode.